When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Off the Hook, airing on OffTheHookSports.com. Your home for real news, real opinions, and what really matters about Tennessee athletics. The Off the Hook podcast at OffTheHookSports.com or Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, or wherever you go for your favorite podcasts. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, TuneIn, iHeart. Like, share, follow, subscribe. Off the Hook with Dave Hooker starts now. He is Josh Ward. I am Dave Hooker, Josh Ward of the Sports Animal, and we would like to go ahead and encourage you to hit that subscribe button, like, and comment, and we will be on your YouTube feed and certainly look forward to that. So Josh Ward joins us now as it is almost football time in Tennessee, and I'm making video adjustments on the fly, as you may see. So Josh, it's brought to you by Zool Beer Company, Zool Beer Company, the official micro- Brew beer of Off the Hook Sports, and you can check them out. They're great panoramic views downtown and quite tasty as well. So, Josh, we're here. I mean, this is, but uh, it is time for football. As of this taping, two weeks to the day that Tennessee gets it rolling. Yeah, it's go time. I, yeah. Tennessee at this point, I think, is starting to shift toward preparing for the season as opposed to going through camp, and they're trying to. Make sure some guys stay healthy. I think there have been some recovery days for a few players now that multiple scrimmages are behind the team. But, yeah, I think they are starting to shift toward, okay, these are our guys we're going to count on early on in the season with two weeks, less than two weeks, to the coaches to prepare for the opener. Yep, and uh, Josh, one of the big questions, and we want to break down today the opening weekend of the SEC, and then we'll have our predictions for the actual season upcoming the week before Tennessee plays their Thursday night game uh, in the opener. But, Josh, first do want to address the the, the big 800-pound elephant in the room, and that is Brew McCoy. I've uh, been around these before, whether it's Prop 48 or somebody being eligible for whatever reason. There's just no pushing the NCAA sometime. But you pointed out very quickly, you're getting, getting close to game week. You're six days away as of this taping from game week. So at that point, you've, you've got to have a really good idea or he has to, the main plan is he has to sit the bench for the most part. Yeah. I mean, at some point you're trying to get reps for who will start. And if you don't know if somebody's going to play, he's not going to get all those first team reps. So they'd like to get in 
some kind of decision. Now, he will have been practicing with the first team. So right. if Monday of game week, three days to go, whatever, Tennessee gets word that Brew is good to go to go to play in the Ball State game, then he's going to play in the Ball State game. Maybe he starts, maybe he doesn't. Uh, there'd be a quick rotation probably either way. But uh, it, it's just the, the staff wants to know. Obviously, the player wants to know. Tennessee fans want to know for many reasons. They're tired of – having this feel like an annual conversation probably because it does feel like every year there's there's an Aubrey Solomon, then there's a Cade Mays, there's Byron Young last year, basketball, there was Uros Plavsic. So I think Tennessee fans are tired of, one, having to have this kind of conversation, two, almost expecting something bad to come out of it. Now, for Byron Young, it was only a couple of games. For Cade Mays, it was only a game there. Uh, Aubrey Solomon was up until the deadline, about as close as it could be. So for Brew McCoy, for Tennessee, they would like to get an answer as quickly as possible. But we've probably reached the point where if it got to this point, then you'd say, okay, well, there's some level of worry that starts to creep in. And that's the conversation now. Yep. And I think on the Monday thing, yes, if the NCAA says he could play, he's going to play. He'll know enough of the offense. But And his ball state. Yes, right. I, I do think that you get to you get to game week and it's probably the difference of a you know a handful of plays in which he's highly repped and knowing the entire playbook and being able to go out there and rep it. But we'll see. I before we get to the SEC schedule, I did want to get your thoughts on Jabari Small because here's a guy who I think maybe in the back of our mind we wrote off at the beginning of preseason camp as yeah, you know, he's He's that guy. He fits that role, and that's probably what he's going to do. But he's added about 15 pounds of muscle. We talked a lot about Justin Williams Thomas to start the season, thinking he was the incumbent naturally, and he may still be. But as of right now, Jabari Small looks like he's really gone out and asserted himself and grabbed that role, and good for him. Kudos. Oh, yeah. He's clearly the number one running back. Now, they will rely on multiple players, and already during camp, there have been injury issues to deal with from Lyneth Whitehead being lost for the season, Jalen Wright being slowed by injury to start camp, Lynn J. Dixon coming in as a newcomer, and then he's dealt with, uh, looks like a minor injury issue this week, but he's been off the practice field for at least a couple of days. So that, again, has left Tennessee in a position with Jabari Small to lead the way and freshman Justin Williams-Thomas, as well as Dylan Sampson, who has really emerged here and I think has shown to be a good fit in what Tennessee's trying to do. But there is no question within Tennessee's offense, Jabari Small is the guy and he is bigger. And I don't think Jerry Mack, Tennessee's running backs coach, was kidding at all that he sees a thousand-yard potential, almost expectation for Jabari Small if he's able to stay healthy and be full go all season, he he had to play injured for most of last season after he hurt his shoulder against Pittsburgh. And I give him a ton of credit for being able to do that. That's a position day where you're not coming back. You can't, can't really hold off on the shoulder when you play running back, when it's being hit by defenders every single play. So if he can stay healthier and that added weight, you would think give him a, ch- a better chance to do that. Then it could be a really big season for Jabari small. If I put the over under at rushing yards at eleven fifty, are you taking the over or under? I'd probably take under just because that is a pretty big number, and he does play the running back position at some point. Something could happen to where he misses a game at least, and and that would then make it really difficult. But if you could guarantee health, I would take over. If you could guarantee health, I would take over as well, and and mostly because 
you haven't seen another tailback partially because of injury, but you haven't seen another tailback kind of step up and assume more first team snaps. So let's get to the uh, SEC's first week. And there's some sizzle there. There always is. Uh, we want to get to our Tennessee predictions next week when we join Josh Ward, brought to you by Zool Beer Company, the official craft beer of Off the Hook Sports. And when we look towards uh, the first actual Saturday, of course, it'll be Tennessee playing on a Thursday. Law Tech will play at Mizzou as well. But and, uh, some other games that I want to get your thoughts on. One is the Utah at Florida game. Utah at Florida. Um, Florida is um, roughly a two and a half point favorite, so a field goal favorite. And if you look at Florida's three games before Tennessee, they're pretty challenging, Josh. I, yeah, this is uh, a Florida team that could come into Neyland Stadium in a whole different sort of fashion, good or bad. Yeah, we're already talking about the Tennessee-Florida game as a big one. Everybody recognizes that. It always is. But we still have a lot to figure out with both teams, Tennessee going to Pitt. But with Florida, opening with Utah, preseason top 10 team, I believe the first time they've been preseason top 10 in AP poll history this season. I mean, that tells you something about Utah. If Florida's able to win that game, it probably means Anthony Richardson has really emerged there at quarterback, and it would definitely mean that Florida has bounced back from the second half of last season. Kentucky will be a real test. If it's a 3-0 Florida team coming to Knoxville and Dave Tennessee's able to win at Pitt, well, then just what a monster buildup that would be for a couple of 3-0 teams in Knoxville September 24th. Now, I'm probably getting ahead of myself in that one. It's going to be really difficult for Florida. I'd be surprised just because it is the Gators we're talking about here if they're a 1-2 team coming to Knoxville. But it could happen, and Kentucky's not going to be afraid of playing Florida, just like they won't be afraid of playing Tennessee later in the season. So, one of the biggest games to pay attention to because Utah's a really good team and it's the start of a new era at Florida with Billy Napier as the head coach and Anthony Richardson taking over finally as the starting quarterback. Yep. Um, I don't think uh, Florida will be 0-3, but I think they could be 1-2 and and I think they could be 2-1. and uh, Obviously, if they're 1-2, and they're really super hungry, but they could be mentally defeated as as well. But I mean, I think they're going to be uh, against Utah and uh, Kentucky a, a challenge. I, I don't think that's any easy September. Some some other games in the first week that had me taking a look is, um, yeah, it's it's not a huge matchup, but I do certainly wonder about uh, how Alabama comes out. They're a thirty. I think five and a half point favorite over Utah State. So they're going to go out and destroy them. We, we all know that. But how good is this Alabama team? What do we see? Because they don't hide anything. When they come out in the first game, they want to establish their dominance. And boy, they're loaded. It's really tough to find a reason why they wouldn't win a national title, in my opinion, anyway. Yeah, I think what we'll see from Alabama coming out is uh... – is quick scoring. They have some new pieces to work with on offense as they have to replace, again, talented offensive skill players. But they do have their quarterback back, the Heisman Trophy winner, to go along with a really talented running back transfer in Jameer Gibbs, who has all SEC potential this season. They have some transfers at wide receiver, one within the conference coming over from Georgia that they'll probably try to get going early on. So I, my guess here, Dave, a couple weeks out is that halftime, Alabama has cruised to four or five touchdowns against right. Utah State because after after that they go to uh, to Texas. So 
that's going to be a really big game. Nick Saban versus Steve Sarkeesian in Texas is going to be saying, okay, this is when we show that we're back. Annual conversation, I know. But Alabama will be using Utah State to get ready for a big game against the Longhorns the next week. And then Cincinnati at Arkansas. Hey, I got total respect for what Cincinnati did last year. No question. But, man, they lose a lot. And I see Arkansas as a seven-point favorite. I don't want to turn this into a gambling bit. But I, I, I look at that game, and I think Arkansas – should win that. And I say should, and I choose my word very carefully there because Josh, if you're established now under Sam Pittman, that's the type of game you win at home. I know Cincinnati's ranked, but that's, that's not the same team that we saw last year. Yeah. It's really a good opportunity because Cincinnati now is really respected as a program and should be uh, with what it's done, but having to replace Ritter at quarterback and having to replace Gardner in the secondary, those are big asks for a program like Cincinnati going up against an SEC team that's going to be physical up front to kick off the season. So it's a good opportunity. It's quite a schedule, honestly, if you look at it for Arkansas. Individually, these teams wouldn't really scare you, but Cincinnati's a preseason top 25 team. Dave, after a run of SEC games, Arkansas plays BYU. So uh, you have those two games and then Liberty later on, which is a game Arkansas should win. But you know, think about like Tennessee has UT Martin later in the year to kind of take a breather. They're getting Liberty, which is coached by Hugh Freeze, former SEC coach. So they've really scheduled, um, you know, really challenging this year. And you never know in advance exactly what these teams are going to be. But Cincinnati's a, a quality team, preseason top 25 team. But it's not last year's Cincinnati team. And I think it's a win for Arkansas. Oregon at Georgia. Uh, I say the highest ranked for last. And Oregon at Georgia just sounds weird for some reason. I mean, to see the Ducks running around in Athens just seems odd to me. But um, I mean, I, I, Georgia, again, a 17 and a half point favorite, not a gambling show, but that gives you an idea of what the community uh, as a whole thinks. And I just still I want to see Georgia. Do I think they've recruited at a high level? Yes. Do I think that they they're going to have just a constant stockpile of talent? Yes. But man, they lost a lot on defense and just seems like everybody has already anointed them as by far the second best program in the nation. I think Ohio State would have something to say about that. Yeah, but there's no way I'd drop Georgia below number three. And, uh, you know, it's one, two, and three, the top three teams, and then there's a gap, and then you try to figure out who is four through the rest. And Oregon's not in that conversation. So uh, maybe they're a little slow out of the gates, but you now have Stetson Bennett coming back as the quarterback with a national championship, so you don't have this – this pressure of can he really be the guy to do it for them? And they do have to replace a ton of talent on both sides of the ball, especially there on defense, as you're talking about. But then, hello, Jalen Carter and hello, Keely Ringo. Here, here's all this talent that gets to be next up in line to be talked about as the next wave of draft prospects. And it's Georgia against former assistant coach now taking over Oregon's program. So my guess is Kirby Smart shows him this is how difficult it's going to be to be at the top, which, of course, Dan Lanning knows. So uh, I, I like Georgia with zero hesitation to win comfortably in the end. Um, comfortably, yes. Ten points or more, yes. Um, I, 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 I do want to see if Georgia does indeed have the just constant – revolution of talent that Alabama has. I mean, that's something that's difficult to do. I mean, Alabama calls last year a rebuilding year and they had, I believe the best player in college football and a guy who won the Heisman trophy. Yeah. The, the best player plus the Heisman winner. Yeah, yes, I agree. But- and I agree. Yeah. Will Anderson and 
and that is that is the question though. So Alabama, they are in really reload mode to where a rebuilding year for Alabama is better than almost everybody, including the team that won the national championship. Alabama beat Georgia last season when it was stronger from a health standpoint. So can Georgia be that? I just, Dave, I, I kind of think that it will be not necessarily to win the national championship, but in terms of facing everybody but Alabama or Ohio State or maybe somebody else that emerges. I don't think that Oregon's that team. I don't think that Bo Nix is going to go in there and scare Georgia in any way. So that, you know, they've seen him obviously with him, him having been the quarterback at Auburn now being with the Ducks. So, you know, let's see. But like for Georgia, their next step is, okay, let's show you what kind of talent we have. We have Brock Bowers coming back. And then we have this other talent at tight end wide receiver that we're putting together. And let's see if they do. But they have matchup issues that they can create against anybody, even potentially a team like Alabama because of the the size at that uh, pass-catching position, however you want to call it. Because like Eric Gilbert, assuming everything's good to go there, is he a tight end wide receiver? The the issue is trying to figure out how you match up with him, whether it's um, with a, a linebacker, safety, whatever. He just nobody Nobody physically matches up with what his skill set is. He is Josh Ward of the Sports Animal. I'm Dave Hooker, brought to you by Zool Beer Company, ZulBeer.com. It is the official craft beer of Off the Hook Sports. Downtown panoramic views, great place to hang out, and worldwide award-winning beer, which is not an easy thing to say nor do. So for Josh Ward, I'm Dave Hooker. This has been a presentation of Off the Hook Sports.